Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello. Welcome back, friends. Welcome back. This is Ashley. And this is Brittany. Welcome to More Than a Season podcast. We're happy to have you here. If you guys are new, welcome to our amazing community. If you're an OG, welcome back. You know we love you. Yeah, we love how much this community is growing and there's just so many fun and exciting things that we have happening. So thanks for being here. We know there's a lot of choices. So, so happy you chose us. We are. We are also so happy because we just launched our new sweatshirt Mm -hmm. collection and this is a long time in the making. We actually were talking about doing something that was really meaningful and had kind of a powerful impact behind it, not just having, you know, our name across the sweatshirt. And we found this amazing company pretty local to us Mm -hmm. in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And so we decided to create these two sweatshirts with the words worthy and more than enough across them. Yeah, it's super cool because the more than enough obviously is play on to more than a season, but it has so much meaning behind it because there's so many things that you are more than just a coach's significant other or player's significant other um, in the sports industry. And so please check it out. You are so worthy. You are more than enough. And we are excited to have these launched finally. We are. So we will put a link in the in the show notes. So if you guys are interested in purchasing, it will only be open for two weeks. So make sure if you're interested, you go ahead and check those out. Yeah, please do. We're so excited for them. And Brittany, last week you went to Austin. I did. It was so nice to kind of get a break. We got this one week off. So if you're not in the football industry, we had signing day, which was in February. And then we get like this little week off that the guys don't really have to do anything. So we took a trip to Austin to see Drew's family. And it was so nice to just kind of get away, Mm -hmm. get some good food. I hate to say it, but Mississippi just isn't the place for good food. (laughs) No, no. I will say, though, that Austin has some of the best food. And so you said you found a favorite. Oh, yeah. We went to – we actually decided – so usually we stay with his parents like 30 minutes outside the city in Lakeway, and we decided to actually go into like downtown area and stay downtown and go out to like a restaurant have drinks because usually like we have to drive home so Mm -hmm. you can only have like one or two drinks you know so we wanted to have a little bit more and have a little bit of a better time kind of bar hopping around so we went to this place called ATX Cocina if you're ever in Austin you need to go it is amazing (laughs) we were there for like two and a half hours it was a very long dinner actually our dinner reservation we called and they couldn't get us until 8 45 oh wow yeah we felt like we were like a european dinner but we were like <laughs> we, we got in at 8 45 we like got drinks they sat us down at our table and we had guacamole we had Ooh, like authentic queso we i had the salmon drew had the carne asada that was what the waiter recommended oh my god it was beyond beyond amazing so yelp five stars oh my gosh a million stars (laughs) and it's a gluten-free kitchen so if you have any gluten restrictions like i do it was so nice to be able to order anything i wanted off the menu because that rarely happens so very 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 good if you're ever in austin yeah that's awesome we actually hung back and stayed low um just kind of chilled out I was supposed to go to Mexico for work and then plans kind of changed. So I was here and we got some stuff done around the house. And then we did actually go to a a local restaurant in town here. I won't name them. But Mm -hmm. we had been before and we're more of like the burger and bar kind of like, you know, Mm -hmm. get drinks, casual drinks. But we were like, oh, let's go out. Let's kind of wine and dine. So we went and I don't know what happened in the translation from when I ordered the steak till when it came to the table. But They were very, very, like, generous with the butter, and we thought it was mashed potatoes on top Uh, of our our steak. That's so gross. Yeah, it was pretty gross. We, I asked her, I was like, hey, is this, like, a new, a new thing? I asked the waitress. I was like, what is going on with the mashed potatoes on the the steak? She's like, no, ma'am, that is the butter. I was like, oh, my gosh. So, hurrying up, trying to scrape it all off, literally before it melts, and it just, yeah, it was a long, long meal. We were trying to, like, eat slowly and, like, get everything, you know, separated off, but it was nice to go out, but I don't know if we'll be back. Yeah, I feel like butter, like, that much butter makes you so sick Mm -hmm. when you, it's like having too much movie theater popcorn, like, it just makes you so sick, which, by the way, we went to a movie, actually, 
but this is the first time I went to the movie theater since probably two and a half, three years. Wow. Because I, you know, I don't really go very often anyways. And then with COVID and everything, I haven't gone. So we went to the movie theater and I was cracking up because there was a couple next to us. We were, it was a very packed movie theater. We actually didn't get to see the movie we wanted to see. We saw, um, what did we see? Well, obviously it wasn't even that good. <laughs> it was um, with Liam Neeson. I don't even know the name of it. Blackout or something like that. Blacklight. Yeah. And the couple next to me was hammered, probably uh-huh. like in their 50s. And he, they were both just so hammered. And they were talking the entire movie. Oh, I would lose my mind. I kept looking at Drew and Drew was like, I always know like when you're upset because you just stare at me and like oh. you don't say anything when you just look <laughs> at me. And I was like, I kept trying to look at you to be like, are you kidding me? And then the guy next to him was making all these like weird comments and then was laughing when like nothing was funny. I like, can't. I it can't. was so awkward. So we left and I was like, some people clearly forgot how to like attend a movie after COVID. <laughs> yeah, we you just reminded me we went to a movie too here in Starkville on a Wednesday at four PM. So guess who was the only two in the movie <laughs> That's theater? the best though. I know. I had never been so happy in my life. I was like, Carson, I don't have to hear anybody else. I don't have to hear kicking. I don't have to hear all the stuff. So yeah, yeah I was like, if I could do this all the time, I would. Yeah. I can't stand to hear other people. No, it was so uncomfortable. And they were like yelling at the, because it was like one of those movie theaters where you can order food and oh, things yeah. like that. And they were yelling at the waitress because like they didn't bring their wine and they were just like no. being so dramatic. And then I swear they were getting a little handsy. I was oh. telling Drew, I was like, I felt like I was sitting next to like 13 year olds. Like get a room what an experience <laughs> a movie and a, a double a movie feature and a show <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's it's nice to be able to go back to the movies uh, carson loves the movies yeah. i think i think it's just because of what they do here but i love the popcorn yeah the popcorn's <laughs> the best too we do though <laughs> staying on track we do have an exciting episode to share with y'all we do yeah this this podcast, Almost 30, Brittany actually introduced me to it, and I fell in love with it because Lindsay and Krista are just so well-rounded and, like, rooted in who they are, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. Yeah. They are honestly, like, some of the most inspiring women, and I don't say that lightly. I really think that they just truly embody authenticity, and they, they're just who they are, and so... We had the opportunity to meet them previously with a um, accelerator program that we are a part of, and so we brought them onto the podcast just because we felt that they would provide such an important insight for our community. Yeah, if you ever get a chance to listen to them, you totally should, and I think that you will be so confident in what we're saying. Like You will completely relate because they just talk about all the things. So their podcast is a wellness podcast, spirituality. They talk about lifestyle, um, inspirational, just topics for all women, and I just think it's such a cool space that they've created because they did it right before they were turning 30 and now they're past 30 and it's just the amount of growth that they've had then between those years is amazing yep what they are one of the top 50 podcasts and they are truly an inspiration krista williams and Lindsay simsick they're almost 30 podcast so we will link everything in the show notes but we hope you guys enjoy this episode and we will see you on the other side We will be back in just a moment, but first we want to share a discount code from one of our favorite game day brands. I swear it is so hard to find clear game day bags that are stadium approved, but also cute. Every single year I'd purchase a game day bag from Amazon and it never failed that during the game my stuff would break and I'd be holding all of my items in my hand. And so we finally found sheer gear handbags and I have the EV with black trim and gold accents. Yeah, we absolutely love this brand. I personally have the Ella bucket bag with silver trim. What's great about these bags is that you can start the personalization from the beginning. There's the options of silver, black, and gold. And also you can select the color of your tassel, which can easily be changed out when you move. Every bag also comes with an accessory pouch, which will hide all of your intimate items. And you can customize this accessory pouch with your name or even your initials if you want to. So go to sheergear.com and use our promo code more than a season 10 for 10% off any clear bag. We have Krista and Lindsay here from Almost 30, and we're so excited to have them on. We are. We actually were a part of their podcast accelerator program, and so we look up to them in this industry as mentors, and they're just amazing ladies, so we're excited to have them on the pod. 
Yeah, I will say that with their community that they have built, they have led the way and set the standard for women empowerment and growth and just the ability to feel like you have a belonging and a sense of just identity within yourself. And so we'll just throw it on over to them and let them introduce themselves. Sounds great. Thank you so much. We're so excited to be here, especially with our grads. It was such a pleasure to have you in the program. You guys have really taken on so much of the information. I feel like I just love watching you shine. So my name is Krista Williams and I'm one half of Almost 30, which was a podcast that we started when we were almost 30 and now I'm over 30. And we really started it because we wanted to feel less alone in our journey and our evolution. We wanted to feel like we had a community of people that were interested in some of the things that we were interested in that felt a little out there, whether it was wellness or spirituality or relationships. And so Almost 30 has really grown into a community. Uh, we provide resources and content and programs. And besides that, I'm just someone that really loves to grow. I really love to learn a lot about life. I'm married to my husband. We live in Los Angeles. And yeah, I'm really grateful to be here and just be with your audience. And I am Lindsay, the other half of Almost 30, and I'm from the East Coast, Pennsylvania. Uh, spent most of my life on the East Coast for college. I was up in Boston, moved to New York for four years, and then was out in LA for seven years. And that's where I met Krista and we started Almost 30. And yeah, it was just at this time where, yeah, we had a lot of doubts and fears and questions about life going from... I think we were about 27 and really moving through and growing through this time together, eventually with our podcast community. And it's just been such a beautiful experience, especially in a community of women. You know, we were just talking the other day about the female friendship wound and just how, you know, this experience, especially with the women in our community has healed so many parts of that. So, um, yeah, and I am currently in Brooklyn. I moved back to New York and moved in with my now fiance and Krista and I go back and forth from New York to LA and travel all around to interview some of the coolest teachers, leaders, and healers all over. Yes. We both love your podcast so much. We always listen every single week. You guys have two podcasts a week, so double the fun. We got a lot of work. <laughs> we hang out a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and then what you guys have really like evolved over time. I feel like in the beginning of your podcast where you're at now, it has changed. Obviously, you're not almost 30 anymore. But besides that point, I think it has changed a lot. Can you kind of talk about like how you personally have changed and professionally that's changed your podcast? Yeah. I mean, you know, you as listeners have seen it firsthand. We actually did an episode where we listened to the first episode of our podcast, which was absurd and hilarious and ridiculous. It was just the funniest thing because we've been doing this for six years. And when, if you're talking on a microphone for a couple hours a week, you're learning a lot about yourself because you're talking the entire time. So you're processing, you're learning, you're in conversation. You really are showing the world who you are. So Lindsay and I have grown so much. We've also grown so much from all of the guests that we've had access to. If you're a listener of the show, you've grown a lot too, right with us, but we've been exposed to interesting topics and ideas and perspectives on health and wellness and on spirituality and on all these deep, intricate topics that we talk about. So we're learning every single week. And if we weren't applying it to our lives, we wouldn't be good examples for our community. I wouldn't feel good about the person that I was. And I've been a person that's been obsessed with growth my whole entire life. It's just been like a part of me. I always like to evolve and change and grow. So being in this space has been such a joy, but I think one of the most important ways that we've grown or that I've grown is I've become so much more kind to myself. You know, at the beginning of the podcast, I was working a full-time job. So was Lindsay. We were working all the time. We were pushing, pushing, pushing. I was pushing my body. I was pushing every part of my life was just like a hustle. And now I feel so much better, you know, six years in where I don't get mad at myself or beat myself up. If I miss the workout, if we don't hit a number, if we don't make so much money, if I'm not doing all of these things, because I love myself more than I ever have. So I've just become more gentle and more kind and more slow. And I think that's been one of the best things about life and getting older is just really coming to a better place of acceptance. And I was just thinking about um, when you asked that question, how there have been certain people in my life that during seasons of change have used that idea kind of against me. So has anyone ever said to you like, oh, you've changed, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. it's, and it's pretty cool now to, understand how 
powerful and necessary changes and how powerful it is to support people through change, you know, and I think Krista and I hopefully serve as like a model and example of, of being able to support each other through these seasons of growth and transformation, up leveling of, you know, reckoning with old stories and old identities. And I've really come to understand and really appreciate the aspects of me that, you know, are transforming, are changing, are being kind of let go at times and just appreciating it, appreciating it in myself and also others. When I see someone in a season of big evolution, I'm like, Oh, I know it's big and it might feel like a lot, but it's, it's really cool to witness. Yeah. Yeah. In the sports industry, it's so interesting because you start off, most of us have started off, you're starting your own career. You're trying to find yourself straight out the door, usually of college. And most of the stories are very similar that we talk to in our community is all of a sudden you're just smacked with this significant other where you're like, oh, okay, this is a whole nother world. I have no idea. And people say all the time, they're like, oh, you knew what you were getting yourself into. And I say, no way. There's no way you know what you're getting yourself into until you start that journey. And so what I want to touch on is just identity, keeping your identity, finding it through chapter after chapter of change that you're thrown at. And so with the experience that y'all have, what have you found is the biggest piece or missing piece, I guess I would say, to finding and keeping your identity? Yeah, I love that question. And when you were talking about just quickly about, you know, you know what you're getting into for women that get into relationships with someone, it's just such a way to dismiss someone and make her, make the woman almost like the villain mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, you knew what you were getting into. It's like, well, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? I just, I just find that to be so dismissive, but for your identity, I really think that for me, it's like letting your identity be flexible and letting it evolve and letting it change. It's like, I have my soul and myself and my center that is me. And I have these beautiful aspects of me, but really just allowing myself to be whoever I need to be in the moment, in the day, in the year, I find to be the most important because when we get stuck with this rigid idea of who I am, so maybe the rigid idea in your case is I am the wife of an athlete, or I am the girlfriend of an athlete and I'm the partner of an athlete that's so little compared to who you actually are. Mm -hmm. So when we overly identify with these labels that we have, we just really limit ourselves. So I try and not find many labels to identify myself with. You know, I try and find all the different ways in which I want to express in that moment. But I used to identify as someone that was like a really hard worker or someone that was, you know, had to be liked by everyone, someone that wanted to make everyone feel good and do all these things. And as I've so slowly peeled back all of those things, it's like, I was hardworking because I didn't feel like I was enough just as I was. And I had to make everyone like me because at a young age, that was the only way to feel safe as if I was liked and I had to do all these things. And so the part of our growth is really unlearning all of these things that we've done and figuring out who we really are. So I think my biggest advice is just to be flexible. You know, maybe one season of your life, like for me, I was in the corporate world. I was an account manager, maybe another season. I'm a podcast host, maybe another season. I'm a grandma, you know, you can find all these ways in which you express in life. So just being flexible about how life shows up for you is just such a beautiful way to be beautifully said, you know, when I think about identity, I think now as a 34 year old and just having kind of understood the ego a little bit more and the soul a little bit more, I'm like hyper aware of when I'm trying to really hold on to my certain identities more than perhaps is necessary. And I think it's out of fear, out of wanting to feel comfortable. You know, some of those identities that I've allowed to evolve and let go is, you know, when we started the podcast, there was that part of me while this lit me up and was such an exciting, new, unexpected thing that we were doing, you know, there came a point where I was like, oh, I'm going to allow this identity I have as a actress or pursuing acting or starving artist or whatever, you know, whatever it was. And at that kind of dissolve, not to say that it couldn't kind of come back around and reform, but it's like I was holding on to it and not allowing myself to be fully present for what was right in front of me. 
And I think, you know, I think that's the ego just like really gripping and trying to define itself. And I think the more that I've like been able to connect with my soul, I understand that like none of those identities are really me. You know, it's kind of things that we like put on and it's like this cool jacket, you know, and it like, Mm -hmm. sometimes it goes out of season or sometimes like we have it forever, but we'll take it out on special days. And I think the more that I can understand on a soul level who I am, the needing to define myself as one thing becomes less and less of like a nag, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's more fun to just kind of wake up every day and feel more of like the multidimensionality of it all rather than just like, okay, I am a podcaster. I am doing this today. It's like, yes, I am a podcaster. I'm so many things and just kind of allowing it to be a bit more fluid. Mm -hmm. That's such a good perspective. I feel like you guys have talked about this multiple times on different episodes, but just being able to kind of pull all of your different strengths into different things that you're doing at that exact moment, you know, pulling in your corporate experience and pulling in soul cycle and those type of things to really be who you are in that exact moment and I think that's the other part of podcasting is like you have to appeal to this large audience right but you also want to be authentically yourself have you guys struggled with that balance of like really being yourself and kind of just opening your heart out there but also trying to not tiptoe but kind of tiptoe around other people's like opinions and ideas and what they think Yes, very, very much, very much so. Again, you know, if you are talking for four hours a week, you're not going to always say the right thing and you're not going to always, you know, be perfect in the way of your delivery. And even if you're in relationship with someone and you see them for four hours a week, not everything they say is going to be what you would say, how you would want it to be said. Every opinion is not going to be what you agree with. So there's a lot of times that people may disagree with me. There's a lot of times I may disagree with myself. I may disagree with a guest. So I found it to be really challenging. You know, if you are someone that really cares about what people think of you, you really have to loosen the grip on that. And even had something this week where I expressed something that I felt about our ability to have conversation and talk about ideas, different ideas, and just being really open to the diversity of thought. And I was even received uh, feedback at that point. And what I realized is that for the most part, most people that are engaging with you, if we're talking about an online space and feel like they disagree with you, most people don't want to change their mind and won't have their mind changed from a Instagram conversation Mm -hmm. (laughs) or a DM or a chat. So I found you can just kind of let people believe what they believe feel how they feel and engaging doesn't really help. You know, I used to be someone that was like, oh, I have to explain myself. I have to let them know where my heart is. I have to make sure that they understand exactly what I'm saying, but we actually can't change people's minds. And it's not my job to change someone's mind. You know, it's my job to express what I want to express and feel how I want to feel. So I've really let go of that need to like have everyone understand me Mm -hmm. and be like, no, no, but you don't understand. Like, this is my heart. This is why I said what I said, or this is why I believe what I believe, because I'm never going to understand why anyone else believes what they believe or why they say what they say, because I don't know them. They are me. They are not me. I am not them. And so I've really been able to just let go so much more, but it took years, you know, it Mm -hmm. took a long time to really be like, it's okay if people don't agree with you. It's okay if people don't always love what you say or what you do, but you have to like first be there for yourself. And if you abandon yourself, then what's the point? And I also had this realization, just a a last thing I shared this week about um, diversity of thought, the importance of it. And I was like, I shared it. And then this person had issue with it. You know, they didn't agree with what I said. And I was like, well, if I, if I change my mind, then they'd be agreeing with something that actually wasn't me. You know? right. So if I said, oh yeah, you're right. I'm going to totally change my thought. I'm like, well, that actually wouldn't be me. So what's the point? Like, what would be the point of me saying things that I didn't believe that I didn't want to be true and people agreeing with it, then they're all agreeing with a lie. And that's actually not me. So it's like, what would be the point of saying things for what people want you to say? Because you're just totally taking the long road to loving yourself more. If you're not ever letting yourself be seen, if you're not ever sticking up for yourself, if you're not ever being your own advocate, but it's a long journey, you know, it's a really hard one. So I have my, my heart goes out to anyone that, you know, shares their truth on any scale. Yeah. I've just been noticing like how my anxiety around certain feelings of being misunderstood 
feeling like I can't be myself and shine, you know, like I've been noticing how my anxiety that comes from those feelings is wanting to soothe itself. And it does so by abandoning myself. <laughs> like, like I have to abandon myself in order to soothe the anxiety because I want people to like me mm-hmm. to approve of what I'm doing to validate. And so I had a conversation with someone close to me in like a family sense. And I just set the intention before the conversation that I was not going to abandon myself and that I was going to remain open, open-hearted, open-minded, and just really be clear and speak my truth and give them space to have their own experience rather than try to manage it. And it worked very well, but it was scary leading up to it. And I think so much of this is a practice, you know, where it's a practice to show up as who, who you really are, how you really feel, say what you want to say. And I think over time, not only does it feel better in your body and in your experience, but also it kind of like updates the people that you care about that, like, this is who I am and this is what you can expect from me and kind of recalibrates the relationship. So I don't think it's like a miracle thing that happens overnight. It's really, it takes practice. Yeah. Yeah. I think with identity, it is one of those things, especially in the sports community that we're in. I'm going to say it. I, I used to not be able to say this, but there is such an old Let's school. Let's go, honey. Spill I know, the tea. I know. This is, it's Here all going to go. come together. <laughs> but there's this old school mentality of basically you are with your significant other and that is your title. You are a coach's wife. You are a player's wife or significant other. And There is fear wrapped around speaking up and saying, no, that's not my only role and that's not who I am and I don't have to show up to every single game. I don't have to bake a million cookies to be deemed as this amazing person. And we were in the beginning a little nervous, like speaking out about that just because that is how it's always been. And so with fear and identity linked together It's really interesting to see over time with the podcast how more and more people are starting to speak up and it's kind of like this positive momentum of, oh, wait, I I am more than this. I really am. And so with that, though, I will say empowering other women is still one of those things that we are working on in our community because there are these unsaid hierarchies that are placed in different sports communities, whether it be football or basketball. And when I say hierarchy, I mean, you need to be married to be included in things. You need to have a certain title because of your significant other's job to be able to go to a dinner. Like it's very simple things that over time you're like, well, what does this have to do with me? It's not my role. So I kind of want to talk about empowering women and just kind of the psychology behind it and what y'all view of why we do this as women, because I know it's not just done in the sports community. Yeah, I mean, that's real. You know, that's part of like human psychology. And I think it's so interesting because it happens in the sports community and it happens in a lot of other communities. I can think of a few right now where there are communities that create hierarchies within themselves where you know, if your husband is really successful, maybe as an athlete, then you're up in the hierarchy. If you've been married for a long time, you're further up. If you have kids you're even further up, you know, it's, it just becomes this thing and it's natural for humans to create these hierarchies. It's kind of how we've organized ourselves as social creatures over time. So it's very natural, but it just becomes something that doesn't really serve us anymore. And, you know, I think we've all been in situations with women where, we feel like they're in competition with us or we feel jealous of them or we feel that feeling where we're like, oh, I feel like I don't want them to succeed. And that feels shameful. Mm-hmm. And you feel like someone else doesn't want you to succeed. So I think it happens all over in every space. Mm-hmm. And I think it takes such kind, loving attention to sort of move beyond those things. And I'm grateful because I think with the natural progression of time, generations that really, really adhered to those those beliefs out of fear, because really it's done out of fear. It's like, oh, if we, if we fall out of this structure, what happens? I might lose my partner. I might lose my safety. I might lose my social standing. I might lose my identity for the most part, because you create your identity around those rules. But as far as female empowerment goes, I mean, I just remember it's so funny because we're not like fully a female empowerment brand. Like Mm -hmm. we very much do that naturally, but it always felt inorganic for me to be like, we are about female empowerment. Because what I found in my experience was that some of the brands that were so 
like fighting for female empowerment were some of the brands that actually weren't empowering all women or all females or all people in that group. And what we want to do is just create a very open, welcoming, loving space that feels safe for everyone that eventually does empower all women because mm-hmm. they're learning to love themselves. They're learning to be more of themselves, but I never wanted it to be like a fighting energy. I never wanted it to be like this, like pushing energy. I wanted it to be like a really natural flow where it's like, Oh no, like we all love ourselves so much that we're not jealous. We all love ourselves so much that we're not wishing for that person next to us to not succeed because when you're on purpose and you're on mission and you feel like you're in living a life where you're here for a reason, it's so much easier to be like, oh my God, I hope they kill it. Like, I hope they succeed. I hope they are amazing. And that's what I found in my life. You know, when I found my purpose and passion and when I started to do things that really filled me up, I started to be less jealous. I started to be less competitive. I started to be more grateful for my life. So I think for any woman that's looking to be in a situation where they want to empower women, that's incredible. Like, I think that's a really important pursuit, but I think it does start with figuring out how you can empower yourself first, because when you're coming from a place where you want to empower others, it maybe might be coming from an ego place where you're like, I want to be known for empowering women Mm -hmm. and not like the truth of like, I've empowered myself so much that my cup overfloweth and I'm able to really empower other women with all the love and extra energy that I have to give. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to add real quick before Lindsay gets started, because I, I feel like for the empowerment piece, the fear is that your significant other's job will be in jeopardy if you speak up on their behalf and speak up for things that you do not agree with. So it's this threatened feeling of, well, if I fall out of line, then it could jeopardize my husband's potential to move up. And so a lot of people remain silent because they don't want any backlash on their significant other, whether it's right or wrong. And we have found that most people sit back because one, it's safe. And two, they don't have to worry about anything potentially chancing that promotion. So I just wanted to add that in because I think it's fascinating that instead of having your own voice, you're willing to sit back in fear of that. For sure. Yeah, that is that is so real. And Krista and I have been thinking about this idea of triangulation in dynamics. And I think that, you know, what you're speaking to is kind of a form of that. And maybe we can kind of like zoom out even more and see sometimes the triangulation of women, eyes on social media and other women, or like whether it's a woman and a man and another woman, and there's this triangulation effect of, you know, shitting on another woman and making her feel bad about herself to make the herself feel Mm -hmm. better in the eyes of the man, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, I think it's happening often and in many different ways. I don't know, you know, I think our society is like kind of set up to support this, like what Krista described as this, like just very open, unconditional, compassionate, loving relationship between women in general. But like, there's a lot of like competitive energy, whether it's in relationships, lifestyle, social media, hierarchy at work. Like there's just so many, so many ways you can potentially compare yourself I don't know where I'm going with this, but I wanted to note that, that there's always this kind of triangulation I feel like that we find ourselves in as women. And so if we can pull ourselves out of it, even if it's just for a few moments and recognize like the, the human being behind the charge, behind the reaction, behind the criticism and acknowledge, not that you need to solve for, but acknowledge that there's probably a deeper desire and maybe a deeper pain. And, you know, we're not here to change people, but I just think that adds a layer of compassion so that you can move on. You can either have a conversation if it's worth it to you or just rise above, you know, Mm -hmm. and it sounds cheesy, but, you know, I spent a lot of time, I feel like in my early twenties and even in my high school and middle school years, just like so consumed by these like crazy triangulations and dynamics that were energy sucking and made me feel so bad about myself. And so I'm super particular. Kristen and I are very particular about who we surround ourselves with now. And we can be, you can do that. You mm-hmm. can be very particular. And I can imagine that it's hard in the world that you both are in because it's like, 
you are around, you know, people that your husband's friends are married to or friends with. So I, I can imagine it can be challenging at times, but I mean, I think there's nothing better than like a woman who is very particular with the energy that surrounds her mm-hmm. yeah. is protective of that. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think you can be in an environment with somebody and not completely agree with them, like you had mentioned, and not, you know, see eye to eye on everything. But what are some tips or things that you guys have learned being in a negative environment and not getting pulled into that negative environment, maybe switching the mentality and the energy of the space that you're in? Yeah, I think that takes so much practice. And, you know, Lindsay and I were even on this, these calls yesterday that felt like negative kind of toxic conversations and the energy that was brought. And I felt myself getting, cause you can kind of feel yourself getting caught in the, like the mm-hmm. vortex. You're like, Whoa, I'm completely getting caught up in this. My emotions are changing. I'm feeling out of control. So it's like very energetic based and really just visualizing this like grounding cord to the earth. So it's like gold or a silver or blue, whatever you want to, you want to see it as, and it's like anchoring from your root, from the middle of your belly and pulling you down into there. So like, how can you feel your feet on the ground? How can you really feel grounded in your body and in that moment? So whenever I feel myself where I'm caught up or I'm with someone that really has an energy that they don't understand is very, very chaotic, erratic, crazy. You have to always like come back to the body. Sometimes I'll put my hand on my heart, my hand on my belly, just to differentiate my energy and my energy body from theirs. And then I'll also visualize my feet like anchored in the ground so that I'm just like being super anchored. And then you can sometimes like kind of channel your highest self. Like sometimes I'll be like, okay, what would like the ideal version of me respond as what would the most healed version of me respond as. And it is wild because when you do work on your own energy and your own expression and just being more of yourself, I am not interacting with many unconscious toxic people anymore. I have people in energies that are feel toxic, but I don't have any toxic people in my life ever since I really just worked on my own energy and my own intention. But in those situations too, it's also just like approaching people as much with as much kindness as you can and gentleness as you can. And even like killing them with kindness, you know, like how can you be so kind to them? How can you be so gentle with them? How can you be like this beautiful mirror for them that surprises them almost? How can you be like the person where it's like, you're calling things out with honesty and truth where someone's like, oh, you know, so you guys aren't married yet, you know, and kind of that thing you could be like, yeah, was there anything like that you had to feel about that. Like, you know, I'm curious of why you're asking me that question. And you can really just like call people out on it. Like, oh, I'm so curious of what makes you think that we would be that. And just really, really calling people on their shit. Because what happens is in these toxic situations, these toxic people have been interacting in this toxic way for so long. So people kind of just get caught up in the energy and they're like, oh yeah, you know, I don't know why I'm still waiting. And you just kind of get it caught up in this power dynamic. So how can you take the power back and really like, stand up for yourself, really be your own best friend, really be your own best advocate. And then last thing, it's like talking to your partner and just being like, Hey, like, let's try and like mitigate. (laughs) Let's try and let's try and avoid these situations as much as possible while I'm like in my healing process and like being my best self. Yeah. Love that. I used to be really, and this might surprise people because I'm like a Libra rising. So I come off as like very like balanced and peaceful and I want peace, but I would be very reactive in certain situations And that is just feeding into whatever, you know, energy vortex is, is happening. And it really takes the power out of your own hands per se. And so what I like to do in any situation where I feel like, you know, the energy is interesting is pulling my energy back to my body, which, you know, Krista mentioned and just breathing because I have such a physical reaction when things are off. Like I will, my stomach will drop. Like I've started to like shake or like as if I'm cold, but it's like, it's weird. Like my nervous system will respond. And so I know something's off, which is kind of cool because the body's amazing that way, but it can be very dysregulating and can feel a little bit out of control. And it would be hard for me to communicate in the moment and feel really grounded So what I've been doing is like kind of excusing myself. That might mean if it's a one-on-one situation, it's like, you know, I just need a little time or I need a, you know, a few minutes or a little space. I'm going to take a walk. 
if it's in a group situation, maybe I go to the bathroom and I catch my eyes in the mirror and I just kind of (laughs) connect with, with who I am and that I am here. I am in my body. I am breathing and, you know, there is nothing that will happen here that will uh, compromise any of that. I'm going to speak my truth. I'm going to be myself. Just those little reminders between me and me. And then also like just being very specific about my intention. We hear it a lot and it sounds cheesy until you actually practice it. And it's pretty wild what will happen. Like Krista and I do this so much before hard conversations, hard phone calls. We'll set our intention. We'll say a prayer. And energetically, it organizes this path forward that is more peaceful, more clear. And so we're not like stepping into this like zone of unfamiliar or fear. It's like we've set an intention. We've set the path forward. We're going to show up with presence and compassion and an open heart and see what's here for us. So I think you know, having that practice of setting an intention before you meet with a group of people that you know might be a little funky or before you have a hard conversation or even before your day, you know, just having a little intentional moment of like, this is how I want to feel today. And I want to, you know, just send love to everyone that I'm going to meet, you know, and every moment that I have with someone that I, I hope we get to connect in a real way. My life started to change when I did that, and I was shocked because it's really simple and it's free. Yeah, one of the last topics that I want to touch on is bitterness and resentment. Um, That is one of the things that is in our community, um, and we're trying to provide tools to help women or significant others of those in the sports industry get ahead of it before it gets too, too far gone down the path. And one of those things that I feel like is really hard is the lack of control that you have. So you'll be in one space and you'll get acclimated to your space, your community, you'll feel like you're actually wrapped up in these people. And then usually anytime afterwards you get up and you move to a new like location that you don't really know anything about. And so it's real interesting because in our community, we see on social media, whether it be a promotion or it'll be a new job opportunity. And for example, they'll go from Florida to Iowa or something like that. And everyone's so excited. But then the actual person going through that transition is like, well, oh my gosh, now I have to start completely over and I have to reroute myself and refind all these things. What's kind of some advice that you could give to any um, woman or significant other out there that when they're removed from their comfortable environment and you have to restart, what can you do to prevent that bitterness just welling up in each location that you go to? Whenever I feel like bitterness and resentment are happening or coming, coming up, you know, what I've realized with my husband or even in my relationships, it's like, it's often things that are left unsaid. It's oftentimes when it's okay to have the feeling like, you know, we're moving again and I'm really mad and I'm taking it out on you. And it feels like it's your fault. And I know it's not your fault, but I'm, I'm feeling that way. And I'm feeling like this is your fault. And I'm feeling like you're changing my life up. And I'm feeling like, and it's really naming and claiming and speaking to all those emotions really clearly. And I think resentment gets built up when we're not expressing that, when we're not owning how we feel and we're not feeling like to our partner, we can say, you know, I I think this is your fault. And I know that's not logical, but it feels that way right now. And just really being clear about how you feel with your partner really, really, really helps letting yourself express, letting yourself be mad. I think resentment also builds up when you feel like you're not allowed to be angry. You're not allowed to be mad. It's like that built up feeling where you're like, oh, I can't, I can't be mad. I can't be mad. And then it just builds up and you kind of shut down to this expression of like passive aggressiveness and, you know, those kind of cold cutting comments and feelings. And it also feels like if you're allowing the situation to feel like you're not in control where you actually have control, like you could not move with your partner. You know, these are, these are not logical, but you could not move. You could break up. You could be long distance. You could move slowly. You could, there's a lot of other options. So when you actually take control and you're like, no, I'm actually choosing to move with my partner who I love. I am choosing this as well. I'm not just being a victim to their decision to move somewhere or their 
having to move somewhere. I'm choosing this and I'm going to do that with like my full intention. Things really shift too, because then you're creating this as like something that you're owning, something that you're choosing to do and something that you can really create a life that you love instead of sort of being in that victim of like, oh my God, okay, we have to move again. You know, that sort of feeling, because that really creates that situation within your relationship where they're feeling like they did something wrong, even though from a man's perspective, they're providing, they're creating a life and that's so important to them. And then you're feeling kind of like in this victim mode and it just creates this tension where you're not on the same team. And it's really, really important that no matter what you're on the same team. So they're holding your anger and your frustration and you're being so mad about this. And then you're also holding for them, like the truth of their guidance as the male figure for the family. Mm -hmm. And resentment at least how I've experienced it kind of feels like not only towards another person, but even more so like a resentment that I have abandoned myself or completely disregarded how I felt or did not express how I felt. And so it's like this resentment builds. And so oftentimes what helps me to kind of mitigate the resentment and put things into perspective is to just have a real conversation with the person, with the people where it can be structured. It doesn't have to be like a blindsiding conversation. It could say like, Hey, I want to sit down and express to you what I feel like I haven't. And it's been unfair to you and to me. And I feel like I'm resentful because I haven't allowed myself to express. I think as women, sometimes we feel like we have to hold back how we feel in order to not uh, disrupt the partner, the friend, the family, Um, because we are such beautiful nurturers and we keep things, you know, we are incredible multitaskers, Mm -hmm. but oftentimes that's at the expense of how we really feel and what we desire. So again, I think expressing your desires, your feelings will help to mitigate the resentment in the moment. And then you give your partner, your friend, your family, the best chance at showing up for you because otherwise they're operating under this assumption that it's all good. Mm -hmm. So I think just communication, even when it's hard, sometimes I worry that what I'm going to say won't make sense. And I, I often think that as long as my heart is open and as long as I am like grounded and present, whatever I say will be felt, will be heard. But again, I think asking for time for that conversation is really vital so that the other person can kind of show up and be like, okay, we're talking about this. I am, I am also present to this rather than just kind of in passing, like, Hey, I just want to tell you how I feel. It's like, let's have an actual conversation. Yes. I feel like as I've gotten older, I've realized that that's definitely the better way to go about it than just, you know, reacting off the top. So I love that. Mm -hmm. We have one last question for both of y'all. So if you could go back in time and tell yourself just starting out in the podcast industry or maybe just back in time to high school, something that you've learned that you love now, what would that be? Go with the podcasting industry because we're kind of like on that. I think what I've learned is that It sounds so corny, but it's so true. Like the more you are yourself, the more magnetic you are. And there's this like magnetism that people have when they're being authentic and they're being truthful. And it's something that we all know exists, but we don't know consciously. You know, there's something that happens when someone's on stage and they're just like, you cannot take their eyes off of of them. And oftentimes it's because they're like channeling this like version of themselves or this highest self or this truth that they have where you're like, oh my God, I cannot take my eyes off of them. Or if someone has a podcast and you just really enjoy listening to them, a lot of people love some of their favorite podcasters or influencers or celebrities because they're really being authentic to who they are. Mm -hmm. And when you're authentic to who you are, success comes easier. Relationships comes easier. Friendships come easier. Everything comes so much easier. So if the focus then becomes, how can I be more of myself rather than how can I be a successful podcaster, or how can I be a successful influencer? How can I be a successful wife? Whatever that is, that will all come if you're focused most on being yourself. So being authentic and being yourself, although it's like very nebulous and it's different for everyone, which makes it most challenging, but also really beautiful. It just will benefit all areas of your life. And I wish I would have found that out sooner because 
I'm definitely myself on the podcast as much as I can be, but I think for a while there, you kind of are really worried about what the audience is thinking and what they're wanting you to say, what they'd love for you to talk about. And you can lose yourself a little bit. And I think for a little bit, I kind of lost myself. And I think I would tell myself something like in that same vein, but being able to be and express myself and not being worried about pissing people off, making people feel uncomfortable. I feel like so much of my energy was spent doing that rather than really expressing myself, whether creatively or just like personally. And I'm learning now like this, like healthy part of a relationship that is like, yeah, we can be mad at each other and we can have like beef and it's okay. And you're not going to run away and, and leave me. I'm not going to leave you. Like even within my family, you know, it's like being comfortable with those moments of like, I express myself, no one's okay with it, but I'm pretty proud (laughs) (laughs) and just normalizing that more often rather than like, just kind of walking on eggshells in order to make everyone else feel comfortable. Yeah. I feel like in this this question that we always ask, I always get exactly what I'm needing at the time. And I don't know about Ashley, but I always feel that like, yes, this is why we ask this question because it's just another sign that, you know, you need to keep digging into yourself versus like sometimes we can get so focused on that next thing, that next, you know, and then you're not authentically diving into your relationships and being yourself. You're not, you know, trying to focus on the present. You're focusing on the future. And so both of you, we just absolutely love you and adore you. And we really appreciate you both coming on and sharing all of your wisdom. So thank you again. Yeah, this was such a pleasure. You guys are really good. Like you're really grounded. You're really truthful. You're really like yourselves. And it's, you guys are really good. I'm really excited. You were in our program. I'm excited to have connected. And I really loved this conversation. It's fun to talk about these things. And, you know, Lindsay and I don't always think about these things or talk about these things. So I felt like this was like so fresh and exciting and just really proud that you guys are being the voices in the community that you wish you would have had Mm -hmm. and just really taking that on. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was such a joy and I concur. You guys, you guys are very, very talented. And I, and I'm also just really grateful for your honesty in your experience. I know it's not always easy to be vocal about this type of thing, but I know you'll be a part of kind of the root of the change of it all. Yes. And thank you so much to everyone that's listening. And if they want to find more about Almost 30, we'll always link it in the show notes, but give us the spiel. Where can we find you on all the platforms, all the things? Yes. You can find Almost 30 everywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also so learn more about the show, us, programs that we offer at almost30.com. And we are Almost 30 Podcast on Instagram. And I'm at Lindsay Simsick. And I'm at It's Krista. Awesome. Thank you all so much. And thank you to everyone that's listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye. See you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on More Than a Season Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at More Than a Season Podcast for the latest updates. If you've enjoyed this episode, please download, subscribe, or leave us a review on your choice of platform. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.